You're listening to the Zipline Logistics Truck Yeah podcast, where we explore all kinds of hot topics in the logistics industry. Get ready to learn, laugh, and get your freight on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Zipline Logistics podcast. I'm joined, as always, by our Director of Training and Development, Teddy Lee Knox. Teddy, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Great. How are you? Wonderful. We've got a special guest today, returning guest, I believe, yes. Andrew Lynch, the president of Zipline Logistics. Andrew, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be your second time on the pod. Very, very exciting. <laughs> Recurring guests. We're going to have to create a whole new segment for this. But um, we're talking today, I would call it a hot topic in the world of logistics, the recent shutdown of a large 3PL, right? A, a tech 3PL. Is it just Convoy or is it Convoy? For I think it was just Convoy. All right. We'll call them Convoy. Uh, for those who don't know, they were a company at one point valued at $3.5 billion, had raised roughly $1 billion in funding. I believe at the time of shutdown, it was close to $800 million in revenue. And then a few weeks ago, ceased operations. Uh, so we certainly empathize with the employees there. It's a, It's been a tough Year here in 2023, certainly, with the cost of freight. But, Andrew, what are your initial thoughts on on that shutdown and, and the implications for the, the freight market as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I have a, a lot of thoughts on on Convoy shutdown. I think first and foremost is, is obviously just empathy for the the people that are left behind and and maybe even more empathy for the carriers that, that are potentially, you know, going to have to now go, you know, chase down mm-hmm. some money that they're owed, which, um, you know, in, in this trucking environment is really perilous time um, for, for anybody in, in, in the asset side. So, you know, those are my initial thoughts. I think its effect on the industry, look, uh, this is a massive industry, right? You know, arguably a trillion dollars, you know, so when you see a, a billion dollar participant disappear, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it that sounds splashy, but in the grand scheme, it's not really going to have much of a market effect. And I think that, right. you know, whatever market effect we were going to see, we have already seen. Convoy had a, did have a, a bit of a niche in short haul. They had, they had a, um, certainly a leg up in that, um, specific sort of, uh, part of, of truckload transportation. And, uh, I'd imagine that there have been a little bit more waves in, in that space than there were elsewhere, but on the macro, you know, I don't see there being much change at all. Short short haul, you're talking less than 250 miles or like 500 miles and less. Just to I think it was less than 250 would okay. have been where they would categorize it. I think I think I would probably even shrink that further and say that it was really like a lot of kind of local local moves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I guess that's connecting the dots on their tech platform that you're a driver that's maybe based in Chicago, you got to go out to one of the suburbs and you're just looking for a a quick hitter to get back to to home or, or, or something like that. And yeah, and it's a good place for an app driven environment to right. live, right? I mean, you know, but a traditional Uber. Um yeah. Right. It's a it's an easy place for that that environment to perform. Teddy, any thoughts? Well, I something we were talking about before we started the podcast is why this may have a bigger impact on the market than Yellow's shutdown did. Or like I guess more noise around it. Maybe not more of an impact, yeah. but definitely more noise around it compared to other companies that have had a similar end. Yeah, I, I, you know, to me, I think it's it's about like sort of the cultural zeitgeist of trucking and that and that or transportation that, you know, people have been in the marketplace selling the idea that technology is going to solve your problem or that technology today that exists right now is in and of itself a solution. That has just kind of always been bullshit. No doubt that at some point in our future, you know, there will be, you know, fully automated transactions that deliver 
the type of visibility that's been promised by these platforms. But we're just as far from that as we are from the world being completely taken over by completely autonomous trucks, right? Yeah. You know, the the concept that so many, I think, of the companies, the, the three PLs that have positioned themselves as sort of tech first, you know, all of their pitch decks started the same way. They all started with transportation hasn't been innovated since the 80s. That on its face was always nonsense. Mm-hmm. Transportation has been innovating since the 80s. It's always been innovating. You know, as we look at, you know, sort of the history of innovation in transportation and some of the great companies that have been well-run and profitable companies for years and years and years that are, mm-hmm. you know, in the, you know, Fortune 100, you know, those companies have been innovating the entire time, right? And and so have folks like Zipline, right? I mean, we started building out Canopy long before Convoy yeah. existed or Uber Freight existed. We have had digital freight matching as a part of our operations for you know seven years I've, eight years ever right? since i've been here we've done that we've and i've seen the industry change so much in my years here and definitely before like after the 80s so yeah <laughs> I, a lot of just for clarification after the 80s after the 80s yes <laughs> long after the 80s and i just think that the reason that it's so impactful in people's mindsets is that what was being sold out there was the idea that this is it this is what the future looks like and i can say here at zipline and and I don't think that, you know, it's it's being too tooting our own horn that we've always said that the future of logistics is not just technology. It's applying that technology in a meaningful way for a mm-hmm. subset of transportation buyer that needs it to be to be utilized in a in a specific way, right? So again, you know, every tool that's out there in the marketplace selling itself as a full suite solution, what they really are are tools in a tool belt. And mm-hmm. he, at Zipline, we apply those tools in a way that benefits consumer goods, healthcare, retail suppliers, in a way that it, you know, it wouldn't be deployed in the same way that would benefit, you know, aluminum recycling shippers or, 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 you know, plastic scrap shippers. So, mm-hmm. um, but if you have, if those are your value sets, right? If you're a plastic scrap shipper that just needs the absolute cheapest. Yeah. Hey, the, these guys that aren't going to touch your freight at all and aren't going to track it and are just going to digitally match it. Like, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a real value for you there, but that's a, a narrowing of the field that I just don't think people were honest enough about mm-hmm. when companies like Convoy were out raising money, you know, selling, selling this as a full solution when it's really just a tool, I think is what, what caused them to get so huge mm-hmm. and also what, you know, maybe made their downfall look so dramatic. And that's the trick of selling an intangible service, right? You need to give someone something to hold on to. And if that's true or not is the trick, I guess. <laughs> Are a hundred percent true. Yeah, I mean, are you are you delivering value for somebody or, or are you not? Right, mm-hmm. and and look, I mean, so many lessons here, right? I I think it was Journal of Commerce that that published that Convoy was spending like a dollar forty seven for every dollar in revenue that it was bringing in, meaning that it was selling the idea mm-hmm. that you could commoditize trucking. And look, I I think that there have been so many attempts to cast trucking services and transportation services as a commoditized space over the years. And that really I see Convoy and, and Uber Freight, um, at least in their first iteration, as just different versions of that in, in techier clothing, right? It's wearing a black turtleneck now. <laughs> you know, the, the reality is that transportation is not a commodity, right? A, a, a commodity has a definition, right? It's, it's that there are no differences between item A and item B except for price. That's, a, that's how you define a commodity, right? You know, in transportation, I think anybody who's in this space knows that there is a massive spectrum of communication and service and visibility and and quality in in drivers and capacity yeah that you know you have to be selective 
on who you work with and, and how you deploy that capacity for the right customer. What Convoy wanted to do was say, hey, yeah, we can deliver you, deliver you this world-class A-plus service at you know, C-minus uh, bottom dollar pricing mm -hmm. because we're going to automate everything and we're not going to touch the freight and we're not going to track it ourselves, right? It's gonna, everything's going to live in this digital environment. And you know, the reality showed up in their budget. The reality was you're selling a dollar for 57 cents yeah. and that doesn't work. Right. That's not a business yeah. model. And, you know, in the in the morning of all of the convoyagers that that lost their careers or, or have to have to make this sudden career change, uh, which is, you know, devastating. I think it was really lost. How many brokers, small businesses that probably did have good fundamentals that ran proper businesses that had EBITDA numbers that were in black ink and not red, that those businesses, how many of those were, were laid to rest by somebody like Convoy coming in? and just pouring, dumping venture capital or private equity money into the marketplace to capture, mar you know, wallet share that they just really never deserved. Yeah, that's a great point. I always think, or I reflected, I guess, they're presenting it or, or other folks are presenting it as the solution. And a key element of that is it's part of the solution, right? We, were, we sat in a customer meeting yesterday. I don't know if struggle is the right word, but translating human knowledge, intimate knowledge of our customers, our shippers and receivers into the technology, right? We, yep. we, we added into location files. We have that expertise, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're talking about tracking mechanism and how do you get that to flag appropriately when, when the miles are not going to hit or knowing that this receiver is going to have a $450 fine if you don't prioritize that delivery first, et cetera, like those, those nuances, I understand that well, I don't understand in some ways that chat GPT or AI is going to solve some of those problems. But when you're in it on a day-to-day -day basis at 10 a.m. trying to get to talk to Tina on the dock at UNFI so you can maybe get a 30-minute buffer, they can't, their, their chat GPT or AI can't do that, yeah. right? And I think that's a, a really interesting element. What's up, truckers? If you're loving this episode of the Truck Yeah podcast, I guarantee you'll also love Zipline Logistics' newest ebook. It's called Leveraging Shipper Intelligence Technology to Navigate Supply Chain Issues. And this amazing ebook dives deep into how you can select the best shipping technology to maximize your brand's ROI, a peek into what technology that's out there, and everything you need to know about Zipline's proprietary shipping intelligence tool, Canopy. And you want to know the best part it's completely free so you can download the ebook by visiting www.ziplinelogistics.com or by simply clicking the link in the show notes this is an amazing resource that you don't want to miss out on the opportunity to check out so go download it right now now let's get back to the episode yeah i agree i mean we you know we talk about all the time when we're walking through specifically the consolidation portion of of canopy like when we're yeah. walking through that i mean I, I think this is the time that we pull it out the most but it's true all the time the beauty of and this it may be a little off topic but the way that we approach you know managed transportation right or the way that we approach you know delivering logistics performance is using technology to empower our people the way that we characterize you know that those fundamentals like how important it is to be you know person to person hand-to-hand -hand combat is when we talk about consolidation, you know, we can we can explain to folks that, hey, yes, you know, within the technology, we have all the rules of all of these retailers. We know what their delivery policies are, and they're all built into the technology. And the technology 
you know, gives our people the opportunity to see everything that they need to see to make the right decisions in one place. But what's almost more important than what's in the technology is that also the person that's making these decisions is dealing hand to hand with these locations and can say, oh, you know what, this UNFI location has been holding my drivers for like three or four hours at a time lately. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't consolidate, I can't make that a first stop because they're going to hold my driver and then I'm going to be in date. And those are things that, again, you know, to your point, like maybe one day there's going to be some data point that yeah. chat GPT can pull out of our, our, you know, systems. Yeah. Text, but, but I, I don't know what that data point would be. And if you want to perform in, in our space, in, in consumer goods, retail, um, if you want to deliver, you know, 98% on time in full, You've got to be active. You have to be, it takes touches to make that happen. And anybody, whether they're tech backed or they're, you know, throwing bodies at the problem, anyone who tells you that you can have that at the bottom dollar is blowing smoke up your ass, right? It's just not going to happen. The marketplace does not exist for that, that level of service at that price. It's a great call out. And and that's certainly part of our, our notes here talking to CPG shippers specifically, right? We understand that there's savings to be had, uh, especially in this market of 2023, but at what cost, truly? And you, you make a great example of discussing the, the balance of getting your freight on the shelf and the cost and the fines that are associated with that if you don't versus your transportation spend, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, God, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but uh, let's say on a, on a million-dollar freight spend, the difference between the average on time and full performance, which is 77% according to Walmart, I mean, according to retailers, versus 98%, which we deliver. Forget about the fines. The fines are, are massive, obviously, depending on your product and, and you know how expensive it is per unit. But just on out-of-stock costs, just your product not being on the shelf when it's supposed to be on the shelf mm-hmm. is $84,000, I believe, on, on a per million dollars in revenue. That's, that's, the, that's a gross margin impact, right? Yeah. It's a humongous impact for someone you know selling a, a million dollars worth of their product into retail um and obviously extrapolate that out right for on, on 10 million dollars it's eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars. right uh the numbers only get larger and more dramatic and, and make it more clear that you have to be focused on on shelf performance you know so when you talk about hey you're having a discussion with us our rates 550 we deliver at 98 percent, but you're going to give it to someone for 525 that's where you're you're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Uh, yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, a lot of that is an issue of like sort of siloed functions, right? I mean, sure. people making transportation decisions are, are oftentimes told, you know, go out and get three rates and take the cheapest one. Like, yep. That's what you have to do. That's your job. Um, and I pay you, you know, 80 grand a year to go do that, to go save me, you know, $90,000 in transportation. Um, and yeah, that, that $90,000 could cost you way more than $90,000 um, and, and likely will, right? I mean, that the, the way that these retailers set up their incentives or their their carrots and their sticks, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to make absolutely sure that you will never save so much money picking, you know, subpar transportation providers mm-hmm. as you will, you know, spend in fees and fines and out-of-stocks. Right. Why would they incentivize you any other way? Yeah. They need your product on the shelf. They need it on the shelf. Absolutely. <laughs> they want to sell it. So have you heard anything recently about the challenges or new developments in the freight world? I haven't really heard much around their customer base and how that's going to impact other third-party logistics providers or other transportation providers. Have you heard anything around that? Specific to Convoy? Or just that, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's $800 million in revenue, right? So I assume in a lot of cases you would anticipate that, all right, it's just going to go down a routing guide, right? If they were number one... Congrats. It's going to number two. And in this, in this market, 
the acceptance percentage is so high that great. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what's going on. I, I, I don't I think it's I don't think that anyone's feeling it at all. You know, they, they were, from what I understood, mostly anecdotally. Well, there were some news, right? They, they were I think Unilever was an early adopter. I don't know if Unilever was still yeah. a user of theirs when they went under. But I certainly heard a lot of like the very, very, very large, you know, kind of mega cap CPG um, and mega cap shippers were parts of their client base. And, you know, yeah, those guys are running, you know, enormous routing guides and have plenty of redundancy. I don't think that there was any any real concern there. I do think it's really interesting that that Flexport is buying the technology. Yeah. You know, recent development. Yeah, yeah, and and the assumption that that all these shippers and carriers are going to be willing to just come right back is an interesting you know, they must know more than I do, right? I I would see people being twice shy after after you know getting bitten like that but also flexports had a lot going on right and right. and um a lot of tumult there and and you know seems to be you know not really in a much different boat than what convoy was in in the first place so you know i'm, I'm just i'm really intrigued i get the acquisition i mean it makes a world of sense you know from a strategy perspective if you're if you've got the money to keep building at flexport but i just I, i'd be really intrigued to see whether or not carriers actually come back into that into that environment that mix yeah yeah, especially those of them have been burned. Assuming they can stay afloat, right? Like, like you mentioned at the top. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I don't know. You know, I know that that in a in a typical financing engagement, right? Any any carriers that are owed should be sort of in first position to collect. But that's assuming that there's that there's money to be had, right? And, right. And you know, I just I really don't know how many of those carriers. I know that you know they they talked a lot about how their network was primarily you know owner ops and mom and pops that really lived on that app. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I hope they're getting paid, um, right. but, but even if they do get paid, I, I'd be shocked to, that somebody would then make the decision to turn around and, and kind of you go know, back to it, go right back. Yeah. Teddy is the director of training and development. Are we changing any strategies as far as what we're telling our day-to-day ops folks to do with this news or? No, honestly, no. I mean, everything that we're doing and some of the things that we try to get through at the very beginning of onboarding is understanding a market cycle and understanding how much this industry changes. And when kind of reading back on how Convoy did things, I don't I didn't see that. I didn't see them talking or understanding market cycles or understanding the half life of the data that they're using, which I don't understand data that well, but I understand that from our IT team. And those are the things that we're getting across is that those changes have to happen. They have to be welcomed and they have to be applied. Right. So if you aren't understanding that the current market cycle won't end for another 52 weeks, then you're kind of at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that we're kind of reiterating, which have been iterated since I started 12 years ago. How long have I been here? 12 12 years years ago. Yeah, service first, right? Yeah. It's, it's a pretty simple concept. Simple concept, difficult execution. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree absolutely. with that. And and you know, I think that's gonna become I think the story of, of 2024, you know, when I think about and we talked about this yesterday, like when I think about what's going on out there between, you know, what we see in what our our publicly reporting competitors are doing when we read all the, the, you know, the freight industry rags that tell us about, you know, cuts happening at three PLs of all sizes, right? Everywhere from, you know, mom and pops shutting down to very, very large three PLs, you know, making, you know, 10 and 20% cuts to their staff. You know, those cuts, they don't represent a leap forward in technological capability. You know, they're not cutting staff because they don't need people tracking freight anymore. Those people had a purpose, right? right. Uh, six months ago or 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is 
deciding to touch your freight less, right? They're cutting the resources that are dedicated to making your freight move. And when I, when I see that environment against one where, you know, the expectation is that hundreds of thousands of drivers have to leave the marketplace in order for us to start to achieve equilibrium, what I see is the opportunity for a lot of service failures, right? A lot of bad behavior mm -hmm. out of desperate trucking companies, a lot of poor tracking and, and, and poor resource allocation coming out of third, you know, third parties and intermediaries. Again, for us specifically, we sell into a very specific value set, people that want service, that want on-shelf performance, that want, that want to achieve you know, retail SLAs. If that's you, there's a lot of opportunity for, for failure and for, and for conflict of interest yeah. you know, coming forward in, in the next year. And I, I think really you know, that's going to be a lot of the story that's told, at least in the, in the CPG logistics space. Zipline's doubling down on service, baby. That's right. You heard it here <laughs> first. Well, thank you, Andrew. For joining us. Very impressive and important insights around the convoy uh, development. If anyone has any questions, reach out to us, 888-GO-ZIPLINE, www.ziplinelogistics.com. Thanks again for joining us on another edition of the Zipline Logistics Podcast. We'll see you next time.